Happy Tuesday. My name is Nick. My name is Alan. And welcome into, into the dungeon. This week we find ourselves a hundred feet away from the foot of a sixty-foot hill upon which the Circle of Thunder stands and where Shrew Shrubberies and their new ally, Murkob, the Orc, are preparing a daring rescue mission to free Sister Garel. As the party had arrived, you had seen a couple of these anchorites dancing around in some sort of ritual, the stones almost emanating electricity themselves, and what appeared to be a couple of those twig blights that you had fought the manse, along with an orc. As you stand there watching, you notice that there's actually four of these blights circling round the altar where the two anchorites are dancing. And just outside the stones, you also see that there are four orcs rotating as they march round and round, keeping an eye out for any trespassers. Give me a perception check, with advantage. That's a total of 18. As you're focusing on this ritual, you notice that two of the orcs They've got that long, shaggy hair. They appear to have those claw-like gauntlets, but they don't appear to be as great and as hulking as Moesco and as the other anchorite you fought and slew in the woods. These appear to resemble more the ones that you had fought in the manse. Well, here we are at the Stone Circle. Are you guys ready? I guess as ready as we'll be. Hmm. What's wrong hmm. with your voice today, Shaw? I don't know. I think... I think, perhaps... The... Are we too late, Shaw? No, 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 no. It's affecting me, my voice, everything. But we are, we are in time. We are here now. All we need to do is, is get rid of them. There. Yeah, yeah, get rid of them. There seems to be quite a few up there. Don't worry, don't worry. We'll... We should come up with some sort of plan. Yes, yes, I'm thinking. First off, Murkub, I want you to have this. And I hand him over my potion of healing. Is that a regular potion? Yeah, a regular one. Fena, if you could hand me yours, I could then have one myself. That was my last one. Okay, sure. Mm. And she fumbles through her pouches and presents you with a potion of healing. Well, I was thinking maybe I should scout ahead myself and try and ambush them. What do you think? Perhaps with one of those spells I have, the erupting earth. Do you think it's a wise idea to draw the attention of all of them? Do you think we can pick one out at a time? They're well clustered together. Mm. If we deal big damage quickly, perhaps we can cut the numbers. Right, true. It's an ambush you'll be wanting to, to pull. There's a couple of sleeping chambers that you can enter through the, the side of the hill. And some of these have secret passages that lead you up to the stone circle. If I recall correctly, there's one just to the right of here. The issue with that is that we'll be too close to them. Wouldn't we? I was thinking more of attacking from afar. Yeah, do, do you have a bow, Murkub? I've only got my battle axe and a couple of javelins. Well, how many arrows do you have, Fabian? I've got my quiver, a good 20 arrows. I've got my old bow that Murkub can use. You, you can spare some arrows too, then Murkub could attack from afar. Okay then, here Murkub can take 10 of my arrows. Make sure each one strikes true. Oh, true, before I forget, I should probably warn you as well. These parts of the woods, they're known to contain sturges. What are those? Oh, they're horrid monsters. A bit like a cross between a large bat and a big mosquito. Mmm. Disgusting. Yeah. Suck the blood right out of you. They're not particularly dangerous, but there's enough of them. More of a pain in the ass than a deadly threat. Well, thanks thanks for the warning. So, Fenath Avian, Murkub, Shall we split up an attack from every angle? How are we doing this then? Where do you want us? We don't need to venture too far from each other, I'd... I'd... I'd propose... Oh, one thing. Murkub, do you know that priestess? I. Whereabouts is she? Do you know? I wouldn't know. Flens and Narrocks probably had her under tight watch. Who? Them two. Which ones? The two dancing around. Hmm. 
Flens and Narrocks. They're not to be messed with. Would you say she's there in the middle between them? Oh, quite possibly. Do I see her from here? You can't see from, from there. Mm, I need to take a closer look. Or else her plan could pose a danger to Sister Gorill. I want to quietly get up to a tree. Get a bit closer and climb a tree and try and get a better sight of it. How close are we talking? Just maybe 10-20 feet closer. Okay, yeah, there's plenty of trees within 20 feet of you. I want to try and get higher to see if I can see the base, because currently I don't see the base. I just see, like, from half the bodies up or something. Yeah, that's correct. So I want to try and see, like, below them if I can spot Sister Girl. I mean, bear in mind that the hill is 60 foot above you. The trees here don't go that high. You can climb a tree and you might have a better view, but you won't necessarily see the top of the... The stone circle. Alright, so then considering that, if I may not get a glimpse of what I'm trying to look at, I won't do that. But instead, I want to try and stealth through that secret tunnel Morkub was talking about. To see if I can get a closer to look at what's going on up there. My intention is to stealth through and peer out through one of the exits, just to get a better glimpse. And then head back. I'll tell my party that. I'll, I'll be back. I'm going to explore these tunnels and I'll be back soon. I'll, I just need to see what we're dealing with. You want us to hold here? Yes. If the fight commences, engage. Okay. Be careful, Shrew. Don't do anything reckless. No, no, don't worry. I'll be fine. Okay, so give me a stealth roll then. Blind and with advantage because of your elven boots. Don't fail me now. You're having such a bad time. <laughs> Where that tree starts moving quietly, moving through the trees and the strange mess that shrouds the forest floor, you start making your way ever so slightly up this hill, veering to the right, the direction of Murkub that pointed you towards this chamber. And after a short while, there you see it, this opening cut into the very hill itself. You're carrying on? I haven't had any obvious incidents where I've tripped or hit anything. No. I'm carrying on. You now stood just outside of this entrance. You see that carved into a lintel stone above the mouth of this tunnel is a pictograph depicting three stick figure humanoids being struck by lightning. And just look at it wondering if that's supposed to be me, Fen, and Fabian. You can see that this tunnel is dark, but with your goggles in the night you can see without any problems. This tunnel leads 20 foot in before branching off to the left and right. Damn it. <laughs> I don't want to get lost here. I'll... I'll... I'll take the left route. You move in 15 feet, and you find yourself in a small 10 by 10 foot room, which contains a makeshift bed, a chest, and little else. Make a note of this room. I'm not going to deviate and try and open the chest right now. So it's a dead end, kind of? It's a room, that's it? That's correct. Okay, I want to turn back and take the other tunnel. You retrace your steps, and this time take the other branch. You see that this tunnel continues for about 15 feet before taking a sharp left. You continue following this, and you see that to your immediate right, there's a 10 by 15 foot room with a number of crates and barrels. At a glance, it just appears to be general supplies to you. And then the tunnel proceeds directly in front of you for another 15 feet, where a wooden ladder leads up, the exit of which appears to be covered over. I didn't seem to find more passages as I was coming through this one. No, that's all you see. I want to go up the ladder and see if I can maybe find a slit that I can look through. You mean an investigation check with advantage? I rolled a natural one, so I'm going to roll that one again. That's a total of 18. As Shrew's inspecting the top of this ladder, you can hear the chanting louder. You start feeling the top, and you feel as if it can give way. You can hear footsteps marching around in the near vicinity of this exit. But there's no like slit currently which I can look through. You can try and move it slightly and carefully. Risky business. As Shrew's pondering his next move, becomes aware of the rumbling of thunder, drawing closer. I want to try and very carefully, carefully, slightly move that cover, just so that I can peer through it with one eye. I don't want to make a big gap, as little as I can, enough for me to look out of it and at least see something. Okay, I'm gonna ask you to give me a sleight of hand check then. Trying to do this carefully and gingerly. Yes. Total of fourteen. So you start pushing gently, sliding it ever so carefully to the side. You manage to open it a couple of inches. From here you can see straight up, and you see the clouds 
starting to shroud what little light is left as you see an almost full moon start to rise above the stone circle. As you're getting your bearings, you can see that you're at the foot of two of these great stones. This exit leads directly in between them. You can't quite see the stone altar from here. It's still a good 10 feet above you on the crest of the hill. You see these twig blights circling around, occasionally coming into your field of vision. And as you're looking around, you catch a glimpse of an orc walking towards your direction. He doesn't seem to notice you yet, but you can see that he's surveying his surroundings. I want to wait and see for an opportunity where there's no orcs nearby or, or blights. And I want to search for my bag and pull out the potion of invisibility that Bardock Gems very kindly donated. Okay. Once I see that window of opportunity, I want to drink it and slowly ascend from this ladder. And if I can, and if I can slowly close the cover behind me so that no one sees me, even better. So you wait a couple of moments and that orc you had an eye on walks past. You hear him stop and you position yourself on this ladder, pressing your eye against the small opening. You can see that he's stopped his march and he's surveying the forest around the hill. If I think it's as safe as it's gonna get, I wanna try and do it. You drinking your potion? Yeah. Hopefully this is not a dud like the hat I gave Harbin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, we'll have to wait and see. Bardock, you better not have tricked me. <laughs> <laughs> so you're down with that potion. You feel its magic running through your veins as you consume it. Start to carefully slide across this covering. I'm gonna ask you to give me a stealth check. Blindly. <laughs> nah, man. Not blindly, not now. <laughs> is it with advantage or my boots won't help me? Yeah, I'll be with advantage, but still blind. Oh, damn. Who thought of this rule, the blind rolls? <laughs> Shit. Don't fail me now, big boy. True has now made an opening, just large enough to pull himself through. You start to carefully lift yourself out of this hole. You feel your foot slightly slip on the... <laughs> you feel your foot slightly slip on the ladder but to your relief you don't hear a sound coming from it thanks to your elven boots good old boots lovely boots you now find yourself crouched down just outside this hole as you get your bearings to your right you see this orc surveying the forest and from behind the standing stone to your left catch a glimpse of one of these anchorites similarly surveying the landscape in front of him they seem alert and on edge they haven't glanced my way, have they? No, not yet. Have I been able to cover the hole? Yep. Okay, do I see the altar from here now? You're going to have to move slightly up this hill. I want to quietly move up the hill until I get a vision of the altar. You now stood beside one of these hulking standing stones. You can see now these two anchorites clearly dancing and chanting. These twig blights also dancing around this altar. You don't see Sister Garel on it. Do I see Sister Garel anywhere? You do not. <sighs> Hammer time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. How far am I from my friends right now? You're about 150 feet away. I want to walk towards the hole I just came out from. I'm going to try and open it again slightly. Give me a sleight of hand. 13. Lucky number. Start pressing your fingers in between the earth to move this covering. You can hear and make a little bit of a noise, but to your relief... You're hearing almost this sound of splashing liquid coming from your left as you're doing this. You glance there and you see that this orc started to relieve himself. <laughs> Great timing. Giving you a window of opportunity to finish sliding this cover across. Is Shrew going to climb down then? Not quite yet. I'm going to turn back a bit until I see the altar. Okay. And I want to cast Eruptinuth in the center, trying to catch both anchorites. It's go time. As you start making your way up, you hear the shout in Orkish coming from behind you and to the left, where the anchorite was surveying the land. Then you hear a shout back from the orc who had been relieving himself, and the sound of splashing stop. And you hear the shuffling of his feet again as he starts making his patrol. So yeah, your spell will be able to get all four of the twig blights and the two anchorites. Good. Flens and Narux. You are conscious though, that as soon as you cast this spell, you will no longer be invisible. Yep, yep. This was a dexterity saving for yes? That's correct, yeah. Okay, I'm going to start with the two anchorites. Ooh, starting high. Damn you. It's a natural 19. Oh, yeah, saves. The second anchorite. Total of 16. Yeah, damn it, saves. I'm just going to roll once for the twig blights. They all fail. Yes. Roll for damage. 
Oh, okay, here we go. And that's a total of 19 damage. Okay, so Flens and Narux both take 9 damage each. The four stick blights collapse into the earth. Good. Would I also have my movement as part of my action? True suddenly appears as the effects of the potion wear off. You hear the shout coming from the altar. The halfling! Oh, hi! Ready yourselves! I'm going to let you use your movement and any bonus actions you want to do. And then I'm going to ask you all to roll for initiative. Here we go. Okay. I want to use my bonus action to turn into a constrictor snake. So you start turning into a constrictor snake. You realize that you're not going to fit quite so easily in between these standing stones because of the space you occupy. Do you want to transform on the side of the stones within the circle? Or do you want to be outside its perimeter? If you wanted to go through them at any point, you need to do so with a successful acrobatics check. So you can squeeze and slither your way through. It will be a tight fit. I will transform outside of the circle and with my movement head towards my friends. Then on that note, I'm going to ask you to roll for initiative. Okay, for Shrew, 22. Okay. Fabian, 11. Next. Fena, 5. Oh, poor Fena. And Murkub, 12. Okay, I'm going to roll for your enemies. First natural 20 of the night. Well, mine was the first, the one I just rolled now. Oh, was it tw- natural 20? Yeah, 22. Natural 20. Nice. Alrighty then. The initiative order will start with Shrew, followed by Narux, followed by two of the Orcs, then Murkob, then Flux, Favian, one of the remaining Orcs, Fena, and the last Orc. It's over to Shrew. I want to continue getting close to my friends. Is that a dash? How close to them am I when I move 30 feet? You're currently 100 feet away from them. Okay, then I'll dash, yes. So that puts you now 125 feet away from the altar and 40 feet away from your party. Okay, that's my action. It's over to Narux then. As you glance over your shoulders, you notice that one of the anchorites has started running to the edge of the stone circle. You see him waving his arms. He's chanting something. He holds his fingers up like a gun and this zap of electricity starts forming and shoots across down the hill towards the room. Could need you to make me a dexterity same throw. Total of eight. That does not save. Oh. Gonna roll for damage. The sound of 4d6, which I will roll twice for 8d6 lightning damage. That's 17. That's a total of 34 lightning damage and true. You hear a cackle of laughter. <laughs> So it's over to one of the normal-looking anchorites. He uses his bonus to dash with his orcus aggression, traversing through the difficult terrain now where the altar is. He stood right behind the anchorite that just cast that spell on Shrew, but he falls just short of the range for him to launch a similar attack. Instead, he's going to fire one of his javelins, which will be a disadvantage. So here he goes with the javelin. In his excitement, he completely misses as his javelin gets lost in the trees. It's now over to the orc that have been relieving himself. He starts moving down the hill in the direction of Shrew and his party. He takes some cover behind a tree before learning fly with a javelin of his own, also at disadvantage. That's a 14 to hit. Yeah, that hits. Gonna roll for damage then. That's max damage. A total of nine piercing damage, which actually we don't feel. Good, because <laughs> it's getting scary. It's now over to Morgub. What the fuck is that snake? Oh, it's just Shrew. Shrew! What's Murkub doing? Murkub is gonna remember what he said before about the secret tensions, and he's going to head that way. He wants to take his movement and try and hide with his action behind uh, a tree. So he's only moving 30 feet then? Yeah. Okay, so he moves 30 feet. He finds a tree 10 feet away from Shrew, who is 40 feet away from the party. Give me a blind stealth check for Murkub. So Shrew's seeing Murkub run towards him and then take some cover behind a tree. Is Murkub doing anything else? He does have a bonus action that he can use to move towards a hostile creature. No, that's fine. He's staying there. Okay. It's now over then to the other anchorite. And this one, just like the last, starts just circulating and chanting. Makes that handgun signal. Bolt of lightning starts forming at his fingertips as it crackles through the air towards Shrew. Gonna need Shrew to give me a dexterity saving throw. Total of 20. That's saves, so you will take half damage. That's 24, half down to 12. 
and that true does feel. Boy, does he. It's now over to Fabian. So Fabian wants to do the same as Murkub did. Are there trees next to the one Murkub hid behind? Yes. Okay, so he wants to run up to a tree. He doesn't want to hide. He's fine with them knowing where he is, but he wants to use it as cover. Okay. Once he gets there, he wants to notch an arrow and try to fire at the closest orc he can see. Okay, so he runs up to a tree next to Murkub, notches his arrow. Who is he targeting? One of the big bad anchorites. The first one that took a shot at True? Yeah. Or the second? The first one. Okay, roll to attack then. That's a total of nine. That arrow does not hit. It strikes a stone behind him. Okay, he takes his second shot. That's a total of 13. That just nicks the shoulder. Whoa. <laughs> so yeah, roll for damage, and Favin's down to eight arrows. That's a total of 10 damage, max damage on the dice. Nice. Is Fabian using any bonus actions? No, he's gonna stay there. He's gonna try and use the tree as cover. Then it's back over to the orcs. You see this orc run behind some of the stones. And you see him disappear past the top of the crest of the hill. So it's a Fenner. Fenner's gonna dash towards the trees. The same line of trees that Murkub and Fabian have tried to hide behind. And she's gonna do the same. She's gonna dash up to there and try and take cover behind one of the trees. Sent over to the other anchorite, the normal looking one. He starts making his way down the hill a little, going towards a tree. You can see him chanting. He raises his fingers up. You see this bolt forming at his fingertips and firing towards Shrew. We're gonna need you to take another dexterity saving throw. Total of 11. Just failed it. Here we go. Well, that wasn't great. It's a total of 27 lightning damage. Okay, Shrew pops back into his normal self. And with that, it's over to Shrew. First off, I'm going to take a potion of greater healing that Fena gave me. Is that with your action or your bonus? With my action. So then that's full health from the potion. Okay, my, I'm up to 32 hit points right now. And... So that was a total of 20 HP, yeah? 20 HP, yeah. I was already half-life from last fight. Do I see trees beyond the ones that my friends are hiding behind? Closer to the shaft, the tunnel? Yes, you do. Okay, I wanna, with my movement... 25 feet? Yeah, my movement of 25 feet, I wanna get as close to that shaft tunnel as I can. You move towards this tree in the direction of that tunnel. It takes you an extra 25 feet away from your companions. We're now 35 feet behind you. You're 35 feet, incidentally. Now also away from the entrance to this tunnel. Is Shrew doing anything else? No, that's my turn. It's over to that first anchorite, the big boy, that first hit you. You see that he's moved back towards the altar. He starts dancing around it again. It's then over to one of the other anchorites, the normal looking ones. The one who threw the javelin at Shrew. He takes some cover behind a tree. He takes out his javelin, takes aim at Murkob. Both of his legs are popping out from the tree. Doesn't appear to have hidden very well. But I'm giving him three quarters cover gives him a plus five bonus to his AC. This is also a disadvantage because of the range. And it completely misses as the javelin splinters against the tree. It's over to one of the normal orcs now. This orc is also going to fire his second javelin at the legs of Murkub. Also a disadvantage. And that's a natural one. As he reaches onto his back to pull out the javelin and as he's running down towards the hill, his legs get caught in it. It takes a tumble and falls prone, flat on his face. And on that note, it's now over to Murkob. Murkob wants to run towards the tunnel still, and on his way there, if he can see any of the orcs, then he wants to take his action to attack one of them. Okay, so his normal movement is 30 feet, which would take him 5 feet behind Shrew. The orcs that he can see would be at disadvantage because of the distance, but because he can see the orc that's prone lying on the floor, he can use his orcish aggression as a bonus to move closer towards that tunnel entrance. Yeah, he'll do that then and stop behind one of the trees again to try and use it as cover. Yeah, he can do that. He's behind a tree now that's that's 15 feet away from the entrance to this tunnel. He's got a clear line of sight on the last anchorite that hit Shrew with that bolt of lightning. It was partly obscured with the tree and he can see the orc that's lying prone who failed with his javelin attack. And he can also see one of the stronger anchorites stood on the crest of the hill. They're all within range. He'll try and use his bow to target the big boy anchorite, the one at the crest of the hill. Okay, then roll for attack. Total of nine. His arrow does not hit as it gets lost beyond the stone circle. Okay, he's staying there for now. Incidentally, then, 
It's the turn of that anchorite, and like the one before him, he moves back towards the stone circle. You see that he is now dancing and chanting around this altar, along with the other one. So it's a Fabian. Does Fabian have sight of anyone? Yeah, you can see the last anchorite that hit Shrew with a lightning bolt, and you can just about make the heads of the two dancing anchorites by the altar. He's gonna try and fire an arrow at the guy in the altar, the orc in the altar. Which one? The one he shot at last time. Okay, roll to attack. Total of 12. His arrow clips one of the standing stones and it collapses onto the floor. Okay, he wants to try again, same orc. Okay, roll for attack. Total of 14. That just hits. Three total damage. He's gonna use his movement to get closer to Murkub and try again use a tree as cover. Okay, so he can reach the same tree as Murkub is. Okay, he stays there. Okay, it's over to the orc that you can no longer see, that had passed beyond the crest of the hill. And then it's over to Fena. Fena wants to use her dash action to get next to Murkub and Fabian. If she can hide behind another tree or cover behind another tree, she wants to do that. Okay, so she takes some cover behind those trees alongside her companions. And that will be her turn as she covers behind the tree. Okay, that anchorite retreats back towards the stone circle, taking cover behind one of the standing stones. And with that, it's over to Shrew. Shrew just wants to dash towards the tunnel. Okay, so Shrew manages to get to the entrance of this tunnel. He's staying there for now. He's not using what's left of his movement to move within it? Well, yeah, within within the tunnel, but at the entrance of it. He's not outside of it, he's underneath in, in the actual tunnel, but just at the entrance. He doesn't want to go further in. Okay, that's what I wanted to clarify. It's over to one of the big boy anchorites now, and you see this bolt of lightning that strike the altar coming down from the sky. It's then over to the other normal-looking anchorite, the one who was hidden behind the trees. This anchorite starts moving back towards the stone circle, and his attention's drawn to the opening that's been left by Shrew that leads to the ladder, and he stops there looking down curiously. The orc that had fallen down had seen Shrew run towards the entrance of this tunnel. He's going to use half his movement to get up. With his remaining movement, he reaches just short of the tunnel entrance. But seeing Shrew stood there, he uses his orcish aggression as a bonus to move towards him. He's now stood in front of Shrew. He grabs his battle axe. He's going to take a swing at him. It's a total of 14 to hit. Hits. It's a total of 5 slashing damage on Shrew as the axe nicks him. It's now over to Murkub. Murkub is going to charge towards the orc that just went into the tunnel, try and get as close to him as possible. He wants to drop his bow as he reaches the orc and hack him with his great axe. Okay, so roll to hit. That's a plus five. Actually, it would be with advantage because he's flanking him. Good, because that was shit. That was a four. Total of 20. Yeah, that will hit. Total of seven damage. York shouts out in pain. Certainly felt that one. He looks quite winded. It's over to the other anchorite, the other big boy. You see this other strike of lightning hit the altar. It's over to Fabian. Fabian is gonna move towards the tunnel as well and keeping an eye out at the crest of the hill where the ritual is taking place. As he walks towards the tunnel, he wants to see if he can catch the glimpse of any of those orcs. On his route towards the tunnel, he hasn't got a clear line of sight on any of the anchorites other than the normal looking one, who's peering down the hatch that Shrew left open. He wants to then continue into the tunnel. Would he be able to reach the orc and try and hit him with Murkub in the way? He can pass through to hit, but then he'll have to take position behind Murkub. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, roll to attack then. I should say he's dropped his bow as well. His magical bow. Yeah, and taken out his double sword, the dragon slayer. Okay. And that's a total of 17 to hit. Yeah, that certainly hits. That's a total of 11 damage. The orc collapses at his sword as he rams it straight through his chest. And that would be his action as he cannot hit anything else from there. He's just gonna stay there for now. Okay, it's over to the orc that you can no longer see that you've lost sight of. Fabian's just outside this tunnel. And so Fenner and Fabian would catch a glimpse of three orcs dragging a woman towards the top of the hill. On that note, it's over to Fenner. Fenner wants to try and hurry up and get into the tunnel as well. Is that with a dash or with her normal movement? If she can with a normal movement, with a normal movement. 25 feet would take her right up to Murkub, but she can't occupy the same space as him, or Fabian, who's directly behind him, so she can take position beside Fabian. Yeah, she's just gonna stand beside Fabian. Okay, so to that anchorite that at last hit true with that lightning bolt, 
and he can just catch sight of Fabian. He's gonna draw a javelin. He's gonna lunge it towards him at disadvantage because of the range. A three and a three. So safe to say that that completely misses. He then uses his remaining movements to take cover behind the stone again. So it's a shrew. I'm just gonna continue down the tunnel and kind of in gesture for my companions to follow me. Using my speed, I won't dash or anything. Are you moving towards that ladder? Or are you moving towards that bedroom that you found? The bedroom that I found. Your movement would take you directly inside that bedroom. Okay, I'll wait there for my friends. Alright, it's now over to that anchorite that was peering down that ladder. He's going to use his movement to start making his way down. It's now over to Murkob. Is he following Shrew? Yes, Murkob is following Shrew into that room. Okay, his movement takes him beside Shrew. Is he doing anything else? Is he readying an action? Is he taking a potion? Actually, Shrew taking a potion or readying an action as well. Okay, Shrew will stand next to the door or the frame and ready an attack using his claws that he found from one of the anchorites. Okay. And Murkov will do the same, but with his battle axe. He'll stand on the other side of the door. And again, if he sees an orc or anything come through an enemy, he wants to ready his action to strike it. Okay, it's over to the other big anchorite. You're hearing the rumbling of thunder and the zap of another bolt of lightning. So it's a Fabian. Fabian's going to use his action first to pick up his bow. Okay. And then he's going to walk into the room with the rest of his companions. All right. So it's over to the orcs that were dragging that woman towards the altar. They start pushing her closer. They're now literally mere feet away from the altar itself. Roll me d20. That's a three. Okay. It's over to Fenner. Fenner wants to get into that little cramped room as well. All right. This time she's going to lay her hands on Shrew and cast Cure Wounds. Okay, how many hit points does Shrew recover? She's going to cast it as a level 2, so that's 2d8. All right. That's a total of 16 healing. Nice. Yeah, almost, almost up to full health. Okay, that's her turn. She she ends her turn there. So it's the anchorite that was hiding behind the stone circle. He's just standing there at the moment. Without it, over to Shrew. Do I see the chest from here? You do. Can I make a quick inspection of it, see if it's trapped or anything strange about it? It looks like a regular chest. I want to try and open it. Opens without any difficulty. Was it unlocked? Anything inside? Inside you see a few garbs, small pouch, a crude looking dagger, what looks to be a rabbit's foot, and what you recognize as a potion of greater healing. Okay, I take that potion, keep it for myself, and I take the dagger and the uh, rabbit's foot just for good measure in case they want to use it for anything. Okay, is Shrew doing anything else? That would be my turn there. Alright, 15 feet now, away from the entrance. You see this anchorite skulking low to the ground. You see him make eye contact. You see him break a grin. You see him raise his fingers up. He starts laughing, forming into that handgun motion. And let's crack a bolt of lightning. So I'm going to need Fabian and Shrew to take dexterity saving throws. That's two 14s there. One for Fabian and one for Shrew. Shrew total of 16, Fabian total of 15. So you both save. Good. You both take 16 lightning damage. That's already been halved. It's now over to Murkob. So Murkob seeing his kin attack them, he's going to now run up to him with his great axe and try and lob his head off. All right, roll to attack. It's a plus five. 16 to hit. That hits. Total of seven damage. He grunts out in pain, looks at Murkob, and you hear him shout something out in Orcish. You recognize that word as traitor from the orcs that you'd been listening to before. Murgov is gonna get out of the way of the orc to leave space for the others if they need to attack. Okay, so he can stand now on that tunnel branch that leads to the entrance without provoking an attack of opportunity. It's now over to the other anchorite above. And again, you're hearing this thunder, this crack of lightning. It's over to Fabian. Fabian is gonna charge the orc that's down here in the tunnel with us and try and kill him. Okay, roll to attack. 15. That hits. Total of 12 damage. He shouts out in pain, but he's still standing strong. He's gonna try with his second attack. 16 to hit. And that will hit. And that's a total of 13 damage. Again, he cries out in pain, but he's still standing strong. Similarly, Fabian is gonna get out of the way and back into the little room we were just 
snugly in. Okay, he's going to provoke an attack of opportunity then. Still reeling from the pain, this anchorite's gauntlets scrape the tunnel's walls, missing Fabian. When he makes his way back to the room, he wants to use his second wind as a bonus action to heal some points. That's a d10, I believe. Yeah, plus your fighter level, which is six. That's good. That's 14 healing for Fabian. 14, yeah? Yep. That's good. That means he's now taken just seven points of damage. Okay. It's now over to the orcs that were dragging that woman. True shrubberies can't see what's happening, but on a rate for the audience, they've now thrown her against this altar. And between them, they're holding her down. Roll me d20. Natural 20. Give me a perception check. Total of 5. And what's your passive perception? 13. 13. You can hear very, very distant rumbling, very faintly. Doesn't sound like thunder to you. So it's a Fenna. Fenna is going to try and cast Sacred Flame from where she is. Try and hit the orc. He's failed with a 9. Good. That's 2d8. Plus a spellcasting modifier you do a potent cantrips. That's a total of 12 damage. This guy's looking seriously hurt now. Is Fenna doing anything else? Or is she staying put in that room? She's staying well put there in that room. It's now over to the other normal anchorite that's above. He's been hearing some shouts and he's used his movement to head towards that opening on the ladder. It's over to Shrew. Shrew's gonna walk up to the orc whilst he's looking at those new gauntlets, glove things he's found. The ones they the anchorites have used on himself. He's going to try and slash the anchorite with it. Okay, roll a melee attack then. Can add your proficiency. That's a total of 16. That hits. So roll me a d4 plus your strength. That's 2 minus 1, so 1. And as the gauntlet makes contact, you feel this surge of energy rushing through your hands. But suddenly this loud boom erupts. Roll me a d8 for thunder damage. Nice. That's 8 total. As this thunderous wave comes out of your gauntlet, the orcs push back and he crumples into a heap on the floor. Good riddance. So it's a Murgob. Murgob is going to continue down the corridor towards where he knows the ladder is. That takes him 20 feet short of the ladder. He'll wait there. Is he doing anything else? He's reading his action. If he sees someone come down that ladder and they are within range, he wants to try and hit them with a great axe. Okay. Actually, before it was Murgob's turn, I should have mentioned... There was a turn of the anchorites above. And again you hear the rumbling of thunder and the strike of lightning. This time accompanied by a scream. And after Murkob's turn, it's now the other anchorites. And again you hear another whoosh of lightning, followed by another scream. So it's a Fabian. Fabian is gonna follow Murkob. Try and get as close as he can. Okay, he's right beside Murkob now. 20 feet away from the ladder. Is Fabian also ready in action? He'll ready his action again if he can reach and he sees someone come down, he wants to hit them. It's now with the orcs above who are holding this woman down. Romy D20. Four. Okay. So is a Fenna. Fenna's gonna follow everyone. She's, she just wants to walk down the tunnel and try to catch up with Murbuk, Murduk and Fabian. Okay, so she's right behind Murkub. Fenna, similar to Murkub and Fabian, wants to ready her sacred flame. If she sees an enemy, she wants to cast it upon them. Okay. So it's over to that anchor right then above. The one that was moving towards the ladder. Fenner can now see him as he's jumped down the ladder. He's going to take a dexterity saving throw. Which he fails with a total of 8. Good. So that's 2d8 again for Fenner. Total of 8 damage. He grimaces slightly and then cracks a smile. He gets right up in front of Fabian and Murkob, who can take their readied actions. Okay, that's a one and a two, so none of them hit. Oh no! <laughs> you see him wave his arms around. You hear this thunderous boom echoing and reverberating across the tunnel. I'm gonna need Murkob and Fabian to take a constitution saving throw. So for Murkob it's 10, and for Fabian it's 19. Okay, so Fabian saves, Murkob does not. Oof. So Fabian takes six thunder damage, Murkob takes 13. Thunder damage. He's down on one knee, breathing extremely heavily. He looks like he's about to pass out. It's over to Shrew. Shrew is going to continue down the corridor, as far as he can get. Is he going to stand beside Fenner? Or is he stopping before that? Does he reach the orc? His full range of movement will take him beside Fenner. Then he'll stop beside Fenner. And seeing Murkob down on his knees, he's going to extend over to him. Cast Cure Wounds as a level 2. Okay. 
Roll for healing. So it's two natural ones, <laughs> believe it or not. And plus three, so three for five. Five healing on a level two spell. Great. It's over to the first of those powerful anchorites above. And again, you hear the rumbling of thunder, the strike of lightning, the scream of Orman. It's over to Murkub. Murkub is going to try and hit this orc that's in front of them. All right, roll to attack then. 16 to hit. Yeah, that will hit. There's a d12 plus three. Total of 14 damage. Quite a big hit. Yeah, Murgub is not happy after being almost killed. He feels that and he grimaces and you hear him shout out that word that you know now as traitor. It's over to the other anchorite above and again you hear that rumble of thunder and lightning. Another scream. It's over to Fabian. Fabian wants to try and hit this guy with his sword across the chest and try and lacerate it. Okay, roll to attack then. 12 to hit. That does not hit. He's going to pull his sword back and try again. Try and hit him again. That's an 18 plus 7. That hits. That's a total of 10 damage. He's looking pretty hurt now. So it's the orcs above that are holding this woman down. Roll me d20. 8. Give me a perception check with advantage this time. 21. Even from within this tunnel now, you're hearing that rumbling that you heard earlier. Only louder. Listening intently, you recognize this unmistakably. The sound of hooves charging. All right, it's William coming to our rescue. <laughs> <laughs> you hope? <laughs> yeah. It's over to Fenner. Fenner's gonna eye Shrew and kind of roll her eyes a bit as she puts her hand on Murkub and tries to cast cure wounds on him. Okay, is this as a level one or level two? As a level one. Okay, so it's a D8 plus a spell casting ability modifier. That's 11 total. Okay, that brings Murkov back up to full health. Good. <laughs> He's not very strong. It's now over to this orc, this anchorite. And again, you hear this thunderous boom reverberating through the corridor. I need Fabian and Murkov to take constitution saving throws. Fabian a total of 7, and Murkov a total of 21. Okay, so this time Murkov saves, but Fabian does not. <laughs> it's my turn to roll double ones. Good. So Murkov takes one thunder damage. Nice. And Fabian two. And I'll, Fabian two. I'll take it. So it's a Shrew. Shrew doesn't have any more space, right? To get closer to this orc? No. But you've got enough movement to reach through, hit him and come back, but you will provoke an attack of opportunity. Okay, I go through and I want to cast the cantrip poison spray. Okay. That was a constitution saving throw, yes? That's correct. It's a total of 12. Does not save, so that's, as I'm a 6th level druid, 2d12. Nice, on a cantrip. That's a total of 18 damage. Ooh. Poison damage. This anchorite is down one knee, breathing extremely heavily, starting to cough up blood. As you start moving backwards, he's going to take a swipe at you for an attack of opportunity. Damn. I hoped to kill him. Oh, natural 20. Oof. Yeah, that definitely hits a total of nine slashing damage. With a natural 20? Yeah, it's only a d4. All right. It's now over to the first of the anchorites above. You hear this commotion upstairs, a couple of shouts. This time you don't hear that thunder or the lightning. You're hearing movement as well. It's now over to Murkov. Murkov wants to try and finish this orc that is kneeling in front of him. 11 to hit. That does not hit. That's his turn. It's now the turn of the other anchorite upstairs. And likewise, you're hearing this commotion. No thunder or lightning this time. So it's a Fabian. Trying to finish off the job down here to see what's waiting for us up at the top. 18 to hit. That hits. That's nine damage. He plunges his sword into his chest. This anchorite collapses on him. He's down and out. Good. Fabian is going to carry on and start making his way up the ladder. Okay, he can take his full movement. And that takes him literally to the top of the ladder and just outside it. As he comes out, he can hear the sound of hooves getting louder. It's over to the orcs. They continue to hold this woman down. And with that, it's over to Fenner. Fenner's going to have to use her dash to get out of this tunnel. She will walk up to the ladder and stay at the base of it, at the bottom of it. Okay. Is she doing anything else? Just holding Sacred Flame in case she sees an enemy. All right. It's over to Shrew. Okay. Uh, Shrew wants to start walking up the ladder, but if he can't make it to the top, well, so be it. He wants to hang off. Yeah, that takes him right to the top, but not enough to get out. 
Okay, he stays there and I want to cast Cure Wounds on myself. Okay, Shrew's there. He can also hear the sound of hooves coming closer. It's a level 2, so it's 2d8. Plus your spell casting modify. That's a total of 10 healing. Alright, it's over to the first of those anchorites above. And Fabian just catches a glimpse of him moving towards the perimeter of the stone circle, which faces north. From the direction you had approached this, this would have been to your left. So to Murkub. Can Murkub get up with his turn? His full movement would take him to the exit of the ladder. He'd have to climb over Shrew to do so. He'll then just climb up right behind Shrew. It's over to the other anchorite, who turns round to face this raucous coming from that north-facing side of the stone circle. So to Fabian. Fabian notices that the orcs seem quite preoccupied and they haven't noticed him. And he's going to try and use his movement to run up to the one that he attacked down below with his bow and try and hit him with his sword. Okay, he'll have to go round one of the standing stones to do so, to not go through the difficult terrain caused by Shrew's erupting of spell earlier. He's now there beside him. 23 to hit. That hits. 6 damage on the first hit. Okay. He's going to try and hit him again. Again, 23 to hit. Yeah, that hits. This time it's 13 damage. He shouts out in pain and turns around to see Fabian. Is Fabian doing anything else? He's staying there. Then it's over to the orcs who are holding down this woman. One of them releases his grip, grabs one of his javelins, takes aim at Fabian. It's 24 to hit. <laughs> yeah, that hits. It's a total of 6 piercing damage as the javelin strikes Fabian. Fabian's taken 25 points of damage. It's over to Fenner. Is Fenna close to getting upstairs with her normal movement? Yeah, she can get out. And then have extra movement? Five feet of movement. Would that be enough to get behind one of those rocks? Yeah. She wants to do that then. Does she have visuals of any orcs from here? She can see two of the orcs that are holding down this woman. So let me retcon something. Before she actually hides behind the stone pillar, she would like to fire a guiding bolt at the orc that's engaged with Fabian. Okay. As a level 2. 25 to hit. That hits. That would be 5d6 damage. For a total of 18 damage. He's looking seriously hurt and seriously pissed now. As she finishes doing that, she wants to now hide behind that stone pillar. Okay, then it's over to Shrew. Shrew has enough movement to get up. He's almost at the top, right? Yeah. How much movement does he have left once he's up there? 20 feet. 20 feet. As he gets to the top of the ladder, he wants to cast Moonbeam on the orc that Fabian is engaged with. Okay. That's my last level 2 spell slot. Ooh, and you might have a Thunderbolt to contend with. Well, (laughs) one thing at a time. (laughs) After that, I want to turn right and hide behind the other stone pillar, or at least use it as cover. Okay. As you cast that Moonbeam, and you turn right to hide behind that stone pillar, the sound of hooves is getting louder and louder and breaking through, you hear. For the words! And that's where we're going to end tonight's session. You're going to have to tune in next week. So sorry to do this, but we're at the risk of this being a seriously long episode. You recognize that voice. Oh, <laughs> it's my friend, Saviak. I can't remember. Is it Santha? Xanth. Xanth. The centaur. Yes. <laughs> and All you right. can hear that there's more than one set of hooves. So... He brings friends. Or is he being chased? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Santh. He made it. Just in time. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Looks like you've got a bit of a lifeline here. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope he's as strong as he looked way back then. So I hope you've enjoyed that episode. It's been a tense one between the nerves and the extreme heat in the studio. Al and I both feel like we've been in a bath, although we haven't. In a bath and in a brawl, I feel drained emotionally. <laughs> it's, it's been a, a hard episode. I mean, certain decisions want the best. And then, well, we'll see how next episode goes. But yeah, I'm, I'm feeling for, for Shrew Shrubbery's lives. I don't know if we'll make it out of this one. Certainly a tense one. If you want to hear more, make sure to head over to i2td.com and follow links there to our Buy Me A Coffee page, where you can sign up to be a member and get access to our Into The Studio episodes where we reflect on the episode we've just played. That's right there. You'll also find the donation shop. You can donate potions like 
the invisibility potion that Bardock Germs very graciously donated to us is coming handy. Not what I wanted to use it for, but it served a great purpose. Or you can buy healing potions and other items we have there. That way you can participate in the story and help Shrew's Shabberies in their quest to defeat the Dragon of Ice by a peak. Yeah, and if you can't make a donation, you can certainly help us by leaving us a review, giving us a like, a share, or subscribe if you are listening to us on YouTube. Yeah, that goes a long way as well, so thanks for that. And that brings us on nicely to Twitter Twitter, where we tweet, or rather you tweet and we twatter. Today we've got one comment <laughs> from our good old friend, Bardock Germs, and he's written quite cleverly because he's actually used yesterday's password as well whilst doing so. Password for the end of the episode club. Yeah, he writes, don't want to offend anyone, but was it a coincidence that the episode about treason was released on the 4th of July? Well, why would he say that? Well, 4th of July is Independence Day <laughs> and we're British. Yeah, yeah. But no, I can assure you all especially are American friends, a complete coincidence that I did not realize until today. <laughs> Most of our listeners are Americans, so <laughs> let's not poke the bear. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. We love you all out there in the US of A. Yeah, it's just how things have turned out in the story. And it was all to do about Murkob, not about the red coats and tea and all that jazz. Yeah, so that's uh, Twitter Twitter for the week. And that brings us on to the last one standing the end of the episode club where we give you a password and you use it in a comment you would be so kind big al what is today's password today's password is sweaty balls because <laughs> <laughs> we literally have sweaty balls here in this sauna of a studio yeah a bit a bit too much information perhaps but <laughs> it's certainly correct <laughs> you want to change the password no, no, we'll, we'll run with it. We'll see, we'll see what, <laughs> what the good folk of Twitter and Discord and YouTube have to, to say on that. All right. So without further ado, before we melt into a puddle in the studio, <laughs> we bid you farewell and hope you tune in next week as we delve into, into the, the dungeon. dungeon. Boy. <coughs> yeah. Oof. Wait. <laughs> <coughs> and again, you hear the rumbling of thunder, the strike of lightning, the scream of a woman. So it's a Murkob. Scream of a woman.